when it, somebody's evaluating their CPA firm, what are like, what should they be looking for? Right. Cause there's a ton mm-hmm. of people out there. Oh, yeah. I actually and I actually have an entire list of questions and a whole guide on like how to evaluate your CPA, not only interview someone because this is somebody who's going to see you financially naked, guys. Mm -hmm. Like you got to like you got to you got to give a you know what about who's going to do that. Like you can't just be your uncle's friend or the guy down the street or they did my mom's forever. So they must be good. Right. Mm -hmm. No, when you're a business owner, especially if you're in real estate, especially if you're focused in a particular industry, find somebody who knows your stuff and can really help you thrive and grow, not just can do the bare minimum compliance, right? So I would say that, but also asking questions like, uh, and this will save you a ton of time and money. If you can ask, what is the preferred way to communicate with you and the expected turnaround? Ah, Mm. that write that down, what they say. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But also, will I be working with you or one of your associates? Who Mm. should I be interacting with on a daily basis? And can I meet them? Mm. can I talk to another client of yours who works with that team member? Can I talk to another client of yours of a similar size and stage as me to get feedback? And believe it or not, the answer you want is not just a name and phone number. The answer you want is yes. If the answer is no, hmm. Why? So yeah. it's it's more telling how they respond to that question. You go, well, um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, okay. Um, and then you also want to, you want to understand who you're going to be interacting with, how they uniquely serve your industry, your niche, or people like you. Tell mm-hmm. me about success stories of clients just like me that you've served. What's your most recent success story with a client? What are you the most proud of accomplishing with your clients? And here's the funny thing. Nobody asks them those questions. Nobody would ask me those questions. Mm-hmm. And if you ask those questions, they should be able to answer them. And it's a really interesting thought process to go through if they can't answer that. But also, you know, other things like how do you maintain your education? How do you stay updated on current tax laws? You really have to then cater the questions to what it is you want out of that relationship. Kind of like dating, honestly. It's like, what what can I expect if I spend time with you? How often are we going to meet? When are you going to respond to my text messages? Imagine (laughs) if we could go on first dates and we could be like, what is your average text message turnaround so I don't sit by the phone in agony? (laughs) Yeah, what's your preferred Sunday? Like, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so when when interviewing, um, when you're looking into like how to pick your person, right? what else should I, like, what's the one question that I should always ask? Uh, I would say, oh, there's one question you could ask to pick that person. Uh, I would say, hmm, I really think it's, I really think it's their question. You have to listen mm-hmm. for their questions. Love it. So I would say if there was one thing I could do, if you didn't know what to ask them, I would ask what questions do you have about my business? Because mm-hmm. if they, nothing, I think we're good. It's kind of like going to that job interview and then the interviewee saying, nope, no questions. And it's like, did you look me up? Did you do any research? Do you have any opinion on working with me or not? Or Mm -hmm. am I just a warm body in a chair that you're going to say yes to? You know what I mean? So you want to feel like it's customized to you. So I would just, I would kind of say, what questions do you have about my business that I can help answer? And listen for the depth of those questions. And if they are the, of the similar style that I just listed out, like, yeah. what is your preferred communication? How do you prefer to be in a, interacted with? Um, who's on your team that we need to get to know? Things Love like it. that are going to go a long way. That's perfect. So I have the million dollar question. The one that every YouTube video is about. Mm-hmm. Everything that you Google. Can you really pay zero dollars in taxes? 
Sure, if you make no money. <laughs> <laughs> can you? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can if you make zero. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Um, but that shouldn't be the goal. Mm-hmm. You want to minimize taxes. I get that. But at the cost of your purchasing power sometimes, at the cost of what? What is the priority and the goal, especially for my real estate people? I think that people get really short-sighted with the tax minimization goal, and then they mm-hmm. sacrifice purchasing power without realizing it. I have a, I have a former, uh, former client of mine who um, you know, I found out that hadn't been claiming 50 grand in cash that she was collecting from her job or from her work as a contractor mm-hmm. and was only claiming like 40 grand. It was really 90, but was only claiming 40. Okay, paying taxes mm-hmm. on 40. Now- Again, that is not okay, by the way, claim all your income, (laughs) but it was in the name of, you know, well, I don't have to claim that nobody knows about it. And I'm like, you do you, you make your decisions, but you know, it is what it is. So we, and then she came back to me a year later and said, and I wasn't working with her at that time. I have to disclaim Mm -hmm. that. That was not my client at the time. She told me about it later, but she came back to me and said, Hey Shan, I want to put a deposit down on this house. I want to get a mortgage and I want to like live in my dream house. Great. Couldn't qualify. Mm. And I'm like, and she goes, they said I can't qualify because I don't make enough money. And I said, well, according to this, they're correct. You don't. But I made 90K last year. And I go, ah, problem is you wanted to tell a different story. Mm. And you can't change the story based on the reader. You got to publish the story. You don't get to change the book depending on who's reading it. So that was a really big lesson for her, but also something I carried with me to say, I understand the tax minimization goal, but your goal should be to A, earn enough money that taxes don't matter, and yes, optimize them. I'm not saying pay pay more taxes than you legally owe, but I'm saying optimize them so it's not really a problem, but also understanding taxes a bit better will help you balance that out so it's not a huge cash flow hit. I think that a lot of people want to pay zero in taxes, but I go, well, it wouldn't be such a painful experience if you were saving a few hundred a month because you knew what the bill was going to be. Mm-hmm. As opposed to that $20,000 gut punch you feel in April because you only found out by surprise that you owe this much money. I think that's the real pain for sure. as opposed to being able to plan for it. Because my clients who plan for it barely even remember tax season as a thing because they're like, oh, it's fine. I've been saving up for it since last March. I'm good. Yeah. And they know that they're just going to pay that money. It was never theirs to begin with. It's out of sight, out of mind already. And it does not bother them emotionally at all. So they're not hungry for some type of crazy tax strategy because they're like, you know, it's fine. We're optimizing. We're using these strategies. We're using the S-Corp, the Augusta rule, the things that we do, the hiring the kids. We hear all about this on TikTok. We do mm-hmm. these things for people. Yeah. But we also have to look at how much are you willing to go through to save a few hundred bucks? You yeah. really have to be spending that time on earning as opposed to, you know, hiding. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head with, it's always the people. It's like the kids who don't do their homework until the last minute. They're scrambling. They're trying to copy someone else's test, whatever. But if you just like plan for it and you know it's going to come and it's, again, like you said, it's not your money anyway, um, according to the government, that's the way it is. And it's so funny because a lot of, it happens a ton in real estate where just like you mentioned, people don't document their income or whatever and then you know they try to go because number one they write everything off right they they yeah and then they're like oh yeah i don't make any income and then they try to go qualify for like a big apartment or they try to qualify for their own per- primary residence and they're like shoot like i made multiple six figures last year but doesn't look like it so yeah. i think that's like that's sorry a you're broke and they're like no i'm not 
Yes, you are. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really tough situation to be in. And I don't want anyone to be in that position. And, and I am an advocate for minimizing taxes and using the tax code to your advantage. Um, but what people have to realize is that even with deductions, right, if you take a $50,000 deduction, you're really saving a fraction of that, saving maybe 10 grand, um, at max maybe in, in taxes, because you're really looking at what is the tax savings on these deductions. It's just a small percentage of them. So I never say spend a dollar to save 20 cents. 